Welcome to Torah Talk, a program that challenges 2,000 years of misunderstanding and neglect of the Torah, God's law. In this show, we will be threshing ideologies by examining these scriptures in their Hebraic contexts. Our goal is to separate the wheat from the chaff, the truth from misconception. This program is sponsored by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation in Thornton, Colorado. Shalom, lovers of the Torah, and thank you for choosing to listen to Torah Talk. I'm your host, Pastor Mark, and today I'm excited to share some thoughts from the Torah portion Mishpatim. And I'm going to focus on chapter 24 of Exodus and the first 11 verses. This passage deals with the ratification of the covenant that God made through Moses with the people of Israel. It is a conditional covenant which secures their status as the treasured people, his treasured people, his nation among the nations, and their status in becoming a kingdom of priests between God and the nations. Now, note well as we work down through this passage, the centrality of blood being the basis of ratifying this conditional covenant. Without the blood, there would be no ratification. Without the blood, no actualization. This is very key in understanding the issue of a biblical covenant. I think you'll enjoy this. And then also note that the conditions of the covenant must be met. If the conditions of the covenant are not met, then the offer is suspended. Now, I hope you will enjoy this exploration of Exodus chapter 24, 1 through 11. It has many ramifications. They will see come to play in Israel's history, down through the corridor of time, even up to the present age. So this is a, a, an important subject and topic and parashah for us. I think you'll enjoy it. So uh, keep in mind, too, I'm going to be using the J, JPS translation, Jewish Publication Society translation of the text. Uh, um, this is a translation um, that basically is produced by Jews and for Jews. I think it's a, a, a great translation. Um, and if you wanted to follow along, uh, you can certainly do so. Keep in mind that this is a midrash and not to be construed as a doctrinal statement or a theological treatise on the subject. I'm simply wrestling with the passages to better inform you as well as myself. And I reserve the right to change my mind on my ideas as I grow in the grace and knowledge of Messiah. So let's pick up our, our passage here uh, in Mishpatim in Exodus chapter 24, the first 11 verses. This is the JPS translation. God is speaking here. Then he said to Moses, Come up to the Lord with Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and seventy elders of Israel, and bow low from afar. Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but the others shall not come near, nor shall the people come up with him. Moses went and repeated to the people all the commands of the Lord and all the rules. And all the people answered with one voice, saying, All the things that the Lord has commanded we well do. So here is their response and the ratification of this beautiful and powerful covenant. So this is the Mosaic covenant. And, and, and let me just remind you um, of an earlier uh, set of circumstances, which kind of lay out for us 
that this is a conditional covenant. In other words, they're saying all the, the all the things that the Lord has commanded, we will do. And those things the Lord commanded are are the conditions of this covenant. Um, so if we move back to Exodus chapter 19 and pick up the reading in verses 5 through 6, this is where they've been uh, delivered from Egypt. They've come out through the Red Sea. They've traveled to Sinai, and now they are there at Sinai at the base of the mountain. And uh, this is what God uh, says through Moses to them. Uh, verse 5, Exodus 19 it says, Now then, if you will obey me faithfully and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all the peoples. Indeed, all the earth is mine, but you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the children of Israel. Wow, that's 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 powerful in every way when you think about it. Uh, but note well that the condition is faithfulness. In other words, they have to faithfully love and obey God. And if they, they do this, then, then they will become the corporate people of God. Amsegula, my treasured people, the nation of God, and, and also a kingdom of priests. It's amazing when you think about that. So the conditional aspect of being the treasured people, the nation of God, and a kingdom of royal priests, well, those, those conditional aspects are often neglected by those who want the basis of being chosen for these glories to be ethnic status rather than covenant status. And, 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 and the apparent reasons are, you know, self-seen self, uh, uh, in, in, in terms of if, if it's ethnic status, you don't have to do anything. Just be born uh, Jewish or Hebrew and, and they're secured. But if it's conditional and you got to do something, well, who likes that? I mean, you know, that sounds like it's a little bit of work here, right? So uh, anyway, just note well, there are conditions to this covenant. And, and, and the truth of the matter is uh, we can see uh, how this has played out throughout history. And we, we can understand that not only is it conditional, we can see that it was conditional in all that has happened down through the corridor of time to Israel. In other words, if Israel consistently breaks the covenant, she will not experience the glory of being Amsegula, his treasured people, the nation of God, nor will they experience the glories of being a kingdom of priests unto God. Just check with Moses. You can see this even, even towards the end of uh, the book of Deuteronomy uh, in some of Moses' final comments um, that God would bring judgment against Israel because Israel was going to really, you know, uh, not be faithful, but, 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 you know, walk away from the Lord in his ways. So, so you can see that even in the writings of Moses or later in the writings of Isaiah, when this becomes a huge issue again, their disobedience becomes a huge issue again. And uh, we can see in the captivity into Babylon and, and, and the destruction of the temple, the fulfillment of God's conditional aspects of this covenant, uh, you know, coming to pass. Or, or we can look at Josephus and what he wrote in his record of the crisis in 70 AD. Um, amazing in every way, uh, shocking, but true to what God had said uh, early on through Moses to his people Israel. So let's come back to Exodus 24 and pick up the reading in verse 4 and look at the uh, covenant that was offered to Israel through Moses being ratified. It says, Moses then wrote down all the commands of the Lord. He wrote them down. They're written. It's a written record. Moses then wrote down all the commands of the Lord. Early in the morning, 
he set up an altar at the foot of the mountain with 12 pillars for the 12 tribes of Israel. So we have an altar, and that represents the presence of God. And we have 12 pillars, which represents the 12 tribes of Israel. In other words, the pillars represent the people of Israel, and the altar represents God. Verses 5 through 8. He designated some young men among the Israelites, and they offered burnt offerings and sacrificed bulls as offerings of well-being to the Lord. Moses took one part of the blood and put it in basins, and the other part of the blood he dashed against the altar. Then he took the record of the covenants and read it aloud to the people. And they said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will faithfully do. Verse 8. Moses took the blood and dashed it on the people and said, This is the blood of the covenant that the Lord now makes with you concerning all these commands. Now, I don't know about you, but I get I get like mental pictures when I read. I'll, I'll, you know, I, I get these images based on the words that I'm reading. And so, you know, this is how our ancestors ratified covenants. And this particular ratification of this particular covenant, well, it made it a blood covenant. Uh, it had, you know, a bloody sacrifice associated with it. And the blood of those sacrificial animals, they're dashed on the altar, which represents God. And, and, and it was dashed on the people. They were sprinkled with the blood. God and the people sprinkled with the blood. Now, now, the text doesn't explain for us what this is all about. Uh, later in Leviticus chapter 17, uh, we get a lot more information as to the importance of blood as a sacrifice and as related to um, its purpose. In fact, let me just read that really quick if I can. Uh, Leviticus chapter 17, 10 through 12, I think that would be important. And this is later, of course, uh, at the time of the Exodus at the time of, of Moses's uh, event here on the mountain, ratifying the covenant, this is not explained. This is something that comes uh, later on. But in Leviticus chapter 17, 10 through 12, it says this, And if anyone of the house of Israel or of the strangers who reside among them partakes of any blood, I will set my face against the person who partakes of the blood, and I will cut him off from among his kin. Verse 11, For the life of of the flesh is in the blood, and I have assigned it to you for making expiation for your lives upon the altar. It is the blood as life that affects expiation. Therefore, I say to the Israelite people, no person among you shall partake of the blood, nor shall the stranger who resides among you partake of the blood. Now, we'll talk about that more in, in future podcasts. But suffice it to say, the blood of these sacrificial animals earlier on, back in the Exodus account of chapter 24, that blood is sprinkled on the altar, which represents God and the people. And, uh, and that blood carried the life force of the animals um, that it came from. And this is very important for us to understand what's taking place here. It's this uh, blood sacrifice uh, that produces this blood covenant that actually seals the deal or ratifies uh, the agreement between God and the people. Verse 9, Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel ascended, and they saw the God of Israel. 
Under his feet, there was the likeness of a pavement of sapphire, like the very sky for purity. So let's just stop there and think about this. So, So they ascend, and I think it's interesting. It's not clear in the text, but I think Moses was the only one that was supposed to ascend. Um, but you have, you have the 70 elders also ascend now. Now it's not clear. Maybe, maybe, maybe Moses went on further and they stopped at a given point. But the point of the matter is this, that after the blood is dashed on the altar and on the people, the people are now ready for an encounter with the living God. So in their representatives, The 70 elders of Israel, they represented the people of Israel, Moses being the crown of the 70 elders. They encountered the living God. They saw the God of Israel. This is this is in in, in terms of the Hebrew text. It conveys the idea of a very powerful supernatural encounter with God. And in that encounter, there's a vision of God in which they see God. This is a theophany, a manifest presence of God in which they experience in a very profound and supernatural way. And it's a result, of course, it comes after this blood covenant. Now, now think about that. If, if the blood actually takes away sin, if it expiates, creates an atonement uh, for sin, as Leviticus 17 says, then, then I'm assuming that in, that, in, that uh, in those sacrifices and the blood poured out and sprinkled on the altar and the people, that there is a cleansing of, 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 of these 70 elders and of the people so that there can be an encounter with this living, holy, sinless God. That's my assumption. Uh, But it's on the heels of that that they're able to go in and have this powerful encounter with God. Verse 11. Yet he did not raise his hand against the leaders of the Israelites, presumably because they came up when actually the instruction was that Moses needed to come up and and they needed to stay back. Uh, But regardless, you know, it's it's really not the central point that I'm trying to make. Uh, The point is, is this. They beheld God. Let me read it again. Yet he did not raise his hand against the leaders of the Israelites. They beheld God, and they ate and drank. Now, think about that. Think about that. The blood poured out and sprinkled on all parties in the covenant led to a uniting of all parties in the covenant and also to a fellowship, if you will. They're eating and drinking with God. I mean, think about this. This is, this is an amazing text, very mysterious, very supernatural. But there is a fellowship there, a fellowship. And I want to even go further. I, I want to even say there's a communion. There's a fellowship that leads to a union that's so profound, a uniting through the blood of the covenant, that I would call this a communion replete with a shared meal which completes the ratification of the agreement, thereby joining God with his people in a way that's so significant and profound that, that, that we really are barely able to comprehend it. Amazing in every way that when you think about it. So in summary, how does a bloody sacrifice ratify a covenant? You know, it's not really clear in the in this particular text, Exodus 24. Uh, I think we have to do a lot more work uh, with the remaining books in the Torah and then even into the prophets uh, to really begin to understand this. But suffice it to say, 
Suffice it to say, the blood on the altar and on the people dramatically and powerfully ratified the covenant between God and his people. The Mosaic Covenant, like the earlier Abrahamic Covenant, was in fact what we call a blood covenant. And from the sacrifice and the sprinkling of the blood, of the sacrifice on the altar and the people, to the sacred meal, where the sacrificial meat is consumed by both parties, we learn that the covenant offered by God to his people is finally and fully ratified. Without these components, the sacrifice, the blood, the altar, the people, the record written out, without these components, the covenant would never have been actualized. So keep in mind, it took the blood of a living soul to ratify the covenants made with Abraham and later with Moses and the people of Israel. In the next podcast, we'll, we'll develop this idea of blood covenants and also look at how Messiah fulfills all of them. I think you'll be just pleasantly surprised and blessed. So thank you. Thank you. That concludes our program for this week. A special thanks to our great King, Yeshua the Messiah, to our listeners and supporters for making this podcast possible through your prayers and financial giving. I just want to say thank you for, for, for your prayers and thank you for your financial giving. We have people that give us uh, uh, substantial amounts of money to do this podcast. And we have others that give, you know, five, $10. And I want to say everyone together from the, the ones who give a little to the ones that give a lot, you have made it possible. Know, know this, you have made it possible in your prayers and giving to advance the kingdom of Messiah through this podcast in Israel, the United States, and throughout the world. We are a highly rated and listened to Messianic podcast on iTunes under the category of Judaism. Subscribe now, pray with us, give financially, and share the vision and power of this podcast with everyone you know. Baruch Hashem, blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm your host, Pastor Mark, and until our next show, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In the name of the Prince of Peace. Yeshua the Messiah. Shalom. Torah Talk has been brought to you by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation located at 8891 Hose Boulevard in Thornton, Colorado. Your host has been Pastor Mark McClellan. Join us for Sabbath services at 1 p.m. next Saturday afternoon. For more information, please call us at 303-761-9948 or visit our website at www.graftedin.com. God bless you and shalom.